Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we continue on in our study of the New Testament, we're working through it a chapter at a time together. We're glad you've joined us uh, today as we are working through the book of Acts. We are going to be in Acts chapter 15 this week. So we're, we're moving right along in the process. Now, uh, note at, at this point, we've, we've uh, made a transition over the last couple of chapters. We saw it was coming that the... Uh, that the uh, early church, you know, uh, Acts 1, we saw Jesus talking to the disciples before the ascension. The ascension happens, Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes, um, the church gets kicked off as Peter begins to preach, Acts 3 and 4 and 5, and there we see the ministry of the apostles in the early church. We know the church is taking off in Jerusalem. We get uh, the thing with Stephen happening, and we see the persecution happen. The church starts to spread a little bit out in Samaria. Uh, and in the surrounding, just as Jesus said, um, and then we were introduced along the way around Acts chapter 9 to Paul, who, who's now Paul, but he was Saul, and he gets converted uh, radically, and then he preaches for a couple years in Jerusalem, but he, he, the, the pressure is so intense, uh, at, at, at that point they kind of have to say, hey, look, you've got to go. He goes off to Tarsus for about ten years. The church in Antioch begins to grow with Barnabas. Barnabas goes and gets Saul, who was Paul, brings him back. They minister there. The church does really well, and, and, and then the missionary uh, thing starts to happen. And uh, Paul and Barnabas are commissioned to go on the first missionary journey, which we read about last week. And they begin to travel around, and the gospel is received by Gentiles wherever they go. Uh, you know, they always start with the synagogues. We talked about that. And then when, when they've done listen or they reject them, they go and preach the message to the Gentiles. The Gentiles receive them the good news. They're getting saved. The church is growing now. And uh, Acts chapter 15 brings us to a very pivotal point in this development of the church. And what we're going to have happen in Acts 15 is called the First Church Council. Uh, and this is somewhere around 48 or 49 A.D. Okay, so, so you know, if you figure... More or less. Now, all these dates are off a little because the monk who figured it out in the early centuries missed it a few years. But if you sort of assume Jesus at you know zero or one is sort of the pivotal point, and we think his ministry, you know, he he went about thirty. He started at thirty years and went to the cross at about thirty-three A.D. So now we're fifteen years or so out from the crucifixion, resurrection. Uh, the ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So, so that's kind of the time frame that all these things have happened and moved along in the early church. Um, now, what happens now is that uh, uh, the missionary team comes back and uh, they're filled with joy about what happens and the church in Antioch is very happy uh, to hear the news about the, the things that happen with the Gentiles. But then all of a sudden, another team shows up. And uh, these people come from Judea, and they, uh, they begin to tell the believers there, the Gentile believers and the Gentile congregations, that they're going to have to get circumcised if they really want to walk this thing out. Um, and when they talk about circumcision, it's not just the act of circumcision, which would be a pretty hard sell anyway among the Gentiles, uh, um, which I don't even have to get into it. Um, but, but not only that, what they're saying to them in effect is you have to embrace the entire Jewish culture. You have to reject your culture entirely and you basically have to become Jewish in order to become a Christian. That you can't get there without moving through that process. You need to take on the entire law uh, and that's what they begin to come and preach. Now, 
as they, they come and do that, obviously it stirs up a lot of trouble, particularly in the ministry of Paul and Barnabas. And Paul and Barnabas uh, come right after those guys and say, no, that's not what we've seen. And so they decide that what they're going to do is they're going to have to go to Jerusalem and speak to the apostles and the elders to get some sort of ruling on this so they can know how to proceed from this point forward. And, uh, and so, in effect, what we're going to read is a, a, a delegation is sent from Antioch by the leaders there, which includes Paul and Barnabas and some other witnesses because they wanted other people to be involved in the process to bring the news back and to see what would happen and what they would say, and off they go. And that's kind of what's going to happen here in chapter uh, 15. So it's 41 verses, and uh, let's read them. I'll start in verse 1. It's always a good place to start. And uh, I'll end with verse 41, which is a good place to end. Some men came from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. Just as a note, that encounter with Cornelius would have been ten years prior to this conversation. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving, them, uh, by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written, After this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. That the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things that have been known for ages. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. That's, that's a good practice today. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. Then the apostles and elders, with the whole church, decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, two men who were leaders among the brothers. Luke has a great way of introducing people that are going to be important 
he just introduced Silas, who's going to play a significant role here in a minute. Two men who were leaders among brothers. With them they sent the following letter. The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. We have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, <laughs> troubling your minds by what they said. I like that letter, don't you? <laughs> I guess they were more than troubled. Okay. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends, Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we're sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. The men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. After spending some time there, they were sent off by the brothers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Some time later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where he preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commanded by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And blessed be the word of the Lord. All right. Pretty active chapter. Acts chapter 15. Again, pivotal because um, here are these Gentiles coming into the kingdom, uh, into the church, and now there's this sticking point because the believers who had been Pharisees are still stuck in their Pharisee ways. And they, they don't, can't move past it. They, they have trouble with the message of grace. And so, a group of them, and you will see as we look through the New Testament, Paul's got to deal with these guys quite often, and, and he has to break down, and he does for us, fortunately, in his letters to the churches, how the law, you know, fits into what's taking place today and in our lives. But uh, it's a message of grace that we need to hear. And, and so, what happens in Acts 15 really um, was, an, was a huge turning point for the church, you know, and, and that the, the leadership was it so in tune with the Holy Spirit that they were able to discern what needed to happen in order for this, this crucial point to, to take place and for the church to continue to grow or it could have been done kind of at this moment. Um, that had gone the wrong way, it would have been very difficult to spread the Word of God among the Gentiles because, um, like I said, and, and you need to hear this, this, the idea of circumcision in and of itself is a, is a difficult issue but it's basically saying you have, to, you have to step away from everything of your culture and basically become Jewish in order to become Christian. And, and that's not um, how it works. That's, that's not the deal. You know, what needs to happen is you come to Christ and you, like we talk about, you start living by doing the next right thing because you love Him and the Spirit of God cleans out the mess of your life. It's not about a bunch of rules. But, you know, obviously, scripturally, there's, there's no's. 
but, but it's mostly, you know, about life and about life going well with you. And, and that's what it's always about. It's, it's what God has um, called us to and the way that he's called us to live and, and the things that he's told us to do and the things he's told us to stay away from are always to give us better life, not for us to ever miss anything, not to have things taken from us, but, but that our, our souls would be intact as we move through this journey together. And, uh, and so, you know, these new Gentile believers... They wanted a relationship with Christ. They understood the message of grace. They were coming and responding to what God was doing. They didn't want to be Jewish. They wanted to be Christian. And, and so that, that was the issue that's taking place. Um, and, and it was certainly okay for the Jewish believers to hang on to their beliefs and become to Christ within reason, now allowing grace to move in and to, uh, to demonstrate to them and to show them what it was really supposed to be all about. So that's kind of the overview. So... What happens is we break it down. First couple of verses there in 15. These guys show up from Judea. Uh, they come into Antioch and insist that circumcision is necessary in order to be saved. That, that's the point that they made. So all these people that had already thought that it happened are now tossed into this pretty big turmoil. What does that mean? We already, you guys told us we were saved when we came to Christ. And so uh, Paul and Barnabas don't agree with these guys. And like I said, they go off to Jerusalem Take some witnesses with them, off they go. Um, and, and then I love this, along the way, verses 3 and 4, you see Paul and Barnabas don't waste any time, they've got to travel, so they stop in at a couple places and visit the churches and tell them all that happened with the Gentiles. And what's neat here is that it's received with great joy. Um, and the idea of God working in people's life is always received by great joy by people that have understand the grace of God. Um, and, and notice the difference from some of the people, some of the believers who don't have such great joy that the Gentiles are coming in. That's the, that's the sort of issue. Uh, in verse 5, then uh, the, uh, the, the actual Pharisees bring up the issue right there in front of the council. This is the problem. These Gentile believers need to be circumcised and to obey the entire law of Moses. And so the apostles and the elders of the church, they, they meet and they begin to decide this issue. And again, this would have been around A.D. 48 or 49. Um, and I, there's an important little phrase in that chunk of Scripture. It says, after much discussion, Peter steps up and he begins to remind everybody what happened ten years before. But I love this about Peter. He let them talk this out for quite a while. See, see Peter was already settled in what was supposed to happen. Peter knew from his encounter ten years ago what God wanted. He'd seen these people get saved and the Holy Spirit come. He knew it was a settled deal. But he let a lot of discussion take place to work this out. So, it, so you know, it's not just Peter coming in being heavy-handed and saying this is how it's going to be. I like that. That's, he lets him talk it all out. And he says, you know, guys, do you remember, t- do you remember ten years ago when uh, that whole thing happened with Cornelius at Cornelius' house and how they came to the Lord? And, uh, and so he, he brings that all back up. And uh, he, he goes on to say, Peter says something pretty intense. He says that uh, what they're trying to do, these guys, is burden the Gentiles with something that they or their ancestors had never been able to bear. See, they, they, the... The apostles had gotten it. The early guys had gotten the fact that they couldn't keep the law. That's why they needed Jesus. But some of them haven't gotten there yet. 
and 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 it's almost this. Uh, this is why I tell you all the time this: how why it's important that we're always on the on our guard about falling into a bunch of rules to dictate how we live this thing, instead of a relationship with Jesus and listening to the Holy Spirit. Is because the moment you lay down a set of rules, you judge people that don't follow them. Whatever your set of rules is, your reaction then is to judge anybody that doesn't follow your set of rules. And we see it all the time in the body of Christ. You know, different groups have different rules that they've set up. And when other people don't, they don't even think that they're believers. They're, well, you know, you go to the movies, you can't be a believer. There's rules like that, you know. I'm not picking on them. Some people, I get it, whatever. But I'm just saying we've got to be careful because it makes us, we can get out of touch really quick with, with what happens. And so um, these guys, even though they come to Christ, were hanging on to their rules and said, hey, if we've got to follow them, everybody's got to follow them. And, th- and that's not how it's supposed to happen. And so uh, Peter makes a point. Look, we haven't, we couldn't do it. Our ancestors couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Why would we try and make a whole new group of people that have come to Christ in grace try and bear this thing that we couldn't bear? It was all just to point us to Christ anyway. So he makes that point. Uh, in verses 11 and 12, then after Peter has spoken about his encounters once again with Cornelius, um, Paul and Barnabas launch into everything that God had done as they were on this missionary journey among the Gentiles. Then James, verses 13 through 22, James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he is the leader of the church in Jerusalem at this point. So, you know, the, the apostles, a lot of them had been out and doing traveling and stuff. James had, had there, and he was the, considered the leader of the church there in Jerusalem. And he comes up and makes a decision, basically, uh, you know, uh, under the unction of the Spirit. And he says, this is what we should do. We shouldn't make it difficult for the Gentiles. It's, you know, no more difficult than it already is. And, and he said, um, let's write a letter. We're going to send Paul and Barnabas back with it, plus some of the guys from here to verify the letter. And, and we're going to tell them that there's four, uh, three, things, uh, three things that they should really be careful of. They, they need to abstain from food that's been polluted by idols. The very Gentile custom that they, they sacrificed uh, meat to false gods. And they told the guys, don't eat that stuff. Stay away from it. Because it, it's too easy to get pulled back into idol worship at that moment. They need to refrain from sexual immorality, which would have been a big issue among Gentiles because of their cult practices and, and uh, temple prostitution and all of that. Stay away from all of that. And they're to, to stay away from the meat of strangled animals and blood. That one actually goes back to Genesis 9. That's pre-Mosaic law uh, about how we're to give an account for lifeblood. So, they say, these are the things. Look, guys, if you stay away from these things, it'll go well with you. I like it. They reduced it. They made it pretty simple, really. When you think about it, okay, guys, just stay away from this stuff. It, it really, uh, it, there's a lot of debate over what that means, where it goes, how deep it runs. The things that James says uh, in those verses are, are major theological discussion points. Um, but I think, to me... Um, what James basically is telling the disciples in that letter, you're going to like this. Hey, what you need to do is live by doing the next right thing. I don't know where you've ever heard that, but it's a it's brilliant stuff. <laughs> okay, so that's what he's telling them. Listen, listen, just live by trying to do the next right thing. 
That's how you need to walk this thing out. That's what we want you to do. And so Paul and, and Barnabas, they take back the news. Uh, the letter's written, it's delivered, it's received with much encouragement by the church in Antioch, as it obviously would be, and to the other Gentile churches. Guys, this is the deal. This is what we need to do. We don't need to get circumcised. We don't need to become Jewish. We need to walk this thing out, doing the next right thing. Um, and then at the end of the chapter, very interesting. So, so Paul and Barnabas hang out there for a while with some other guys, and they're all preaching, and the church is growing, and they're doing their thing. And uh, Paul says to Barnabas, look, we need to go back. We need to go back out on another journey and visit all the churches that we started on the first trip. And Barnabas says, hey, that's a good idea. Let me get my cousin John Mark, and out we'll go. And Paul says, no. Remember, John Mark deserted us last time. He's not coming again. Well, Barnabas, remember a whole Barnabas, you know what Barnabas, you know who he is, right? He's a son of encouragement. And this is his cousin, and he wants to give his cousin another chance. Um, that's what Barnabas wants to do. That's Barnabas' nature. That's Barnabas' heart. That's who Barnabas is. Paul, however, and it's not, Paul was saying he's not ready. He's not mature enough. He, he bailed on us once. We need him. We need somebody that we can trust. He's going to bail on us again. And they have a disagreement. And it's a disagreement enough that they decide not to go out on this trip together. Barnabas says, okay, I'll go this way. I'll take John Mark. And Paul says, I'm going to take Silas. Remember who Luke introduced a little while? And he, he, me and him are going to go. So a couple things happen, and you'll see as this expands. Although, really, in, in the rest of the book of Acts, we're, we're not going to hear about... Um, you're just going to keep hearing about Paul and Silas. You don't hear much about the other guys anymore. They drop off in the book of Acts. We'll pick them up in some of the letters, letter, led, letters later. Sorry. But... Uh, but they sort of drop out of the rest of, the, of this book. Um, and I like the fact that under the leading of the Holy Spirit, Luke includes this disagreement. Because even people that love God sometimes disagree. They have differences of opinions. But it, it's clear that even though they went in different directions and took different guys, the two remained friends throughout their lives. And later on, we'll find out that Paul has forgiven John Mark and they've all been restored in relationship. Because toward the end of Paul's life, he asked specifically for Mark, for John to come. And John Mark is the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark. He's very much restored in this whole process. Uh, but I like to see that, that you can see that there's disagreement sometimes, and yet, as people love each other, they work through their disagreements and they get it back together again. And that's why I think it's left in the book. That these guys had a disagreement, they worked it out, and uh, and they came back together and, and stayed friends and loved you know through it and and ended up all in ministry and doing the things they were supposed to do. So that gets recorded there, and that's the end of Acts chapter 15. And uh, we'll get into the next chapter next week. We'll see what happens as the guys begin to head out again and uh, start preaching the word wherever they head. If you've been watching by video, thanks for watching. And uh, if you need anything, you can call us or write us. And we'll do what we can. Go ahead and turn off the video. If you